Summer Owens, and I am coming to you with another episode of So What Success Stories. And that's success stories from people who have achieved in spite of any obstacles that they face. And I'm really excited today to be talking to my friend, Jeremy Calhoun. So he is the founder of an, a co-founder of an incredible organization, mentoring organization called STS Enterprises. And I knew him when. <laughs> I knew him before he, he started SCS Enterprises uh, with his friend Alton Cryer, who I'll talk to yep. as well. But I've always been impressed by Jeremy's drive, his ambition, and his willingness to just put himself out there and ask the tough questions. So he's a founder of SCS, but he actually has a day job. <laughs> so I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell you a little bit about what he does. Go for it, Jeremy. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And I, I still remember um, you coming to the University of Memphis for the Against All Odds series and, you know, telling us your story and just all the way then having you as a teacher for marketing, then finding out that you and my mom knew each other a little bit. And I was just like, wow, it was a small world. It was super motivated and inspired by your story. So yeah, and I'll say um, this, your mom got me through a very tough time without she, without her even knowing who I was. <laughs> just reading her words got me through. Yeah, she used to always talk about summer, summer, and then I end up seeing you with the against all odds to me, taking the class and I understood why she why she kept talking about summer on. So <laughs> um but I'm Jeremy Calhoun, uh, thirty one years old. Originally from Jacksonville, Florida. Most people who know me call me Duval. That's the county, Duval County. So I was um, wondering where that came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Duval County. When I moved to Memphis, my accent wasn't was was a little different, and my the words I used was a little different. So I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't use all the Memphis words and the Memphis slang. So they were like, "Where are you from?" And I told them I'm from Duval County, and it just stuck. I love so, it. So uh, I've been I've been Duval since middle school, and it just carried over to my adult life. But as Summer Owens uh, said, I'm um, a graduate from the University of Memphis in 2013 with a degree in management information systems from what I feel is the best college on campus hands down, the Fogelman College of Business. I, I tell students all the time, if you just take advantage of just half of the opportunities, a quarter of them, there's no way you should leave that, that college without a, without a job. So, um, I'm a proud graduate of the Fulton College of Business. Uh, when I got my MBA at Christian Brothers University uh, with a concentration in project management. And that's kind of what I do in my day-to-day at uh, doing my 9-to-5 international paper. Um, I'm, I'm an IT project manager. I'll do projects. I manage projects to implement IT infrastructure uh, for the most part um, in North America and South America. and uh, Yeah, North America and South America. So that's kind of what I do for my for my nine to five, but my passion hands down is STS. I live, eat, breathe, sleep, pray STS. You know that's my passion. Being able to work with young people who like myself maybe didn't know that they had the potential uh, that they have, and you know hopefully I could be that light like someone was to Alton and myself to you know, just let let us know that hey man you got more there for you and to. You know, whatever you're going through, say so what to the, to those challenges and keep moving. So uh, that's Jeremy. And that's how yeah, I'm married. I got I met my wife at the University of Memphis. So not only did Memphis give me a great education and help me get a great career, they also gave me a wife. So uh, my wife is definitely the star of the family. Everybody loves her. She's 
a mentor for long, but she works at the U of M. So we're tigers all day. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jeremy, I just, I, I look, I'm motherly proud of you. <laughs> you can be my child. <laughs> I, I'm so, yeah. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. And because I work with young people too, I'm especially proud of what you all do with STS and the lives that you're changing and, and how you're just keeping it going. It's, it's, I've, I've been, it's been beautiful watching it to grow and watching you all yeah. to grow and your families grow and all that. It's awesome. It is really awesome. Yeah. Well, on this program, I focus on resilience. As you know, that's my 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 jam is resilience yeah. and helping people to be successful in spite of their obstacles. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you four questions. And at the end, going to ask for some advice, which I know you're going to sprinkle in advice throughout the whole thing. But my questions will be about how you maybe even unknowingly use the so what success formula to be as successful as you are. And what the success yeah. formula is, is overcoming obstacles eliminating excuses and calculating choices so that you can achieve what I call so what success. And so I yeah. know you've had, you've had all of those. So we'll just jump right into the questions. My first question for you yeah. is share with us some of the obstacles that you've had in your life and some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome to be where you are today. And, um, and talk a little bit about just how you did that. So I'll start out, you know, one of the obstacles that I had growing up was, you know, I always tell people I'm a product of a statistic. My dad, 18 felonies. My mom had me at 16 years old. Every member of my family is still one that's been in prison. You know, so one of the obstacles that I felt like I, that was a generational curse for me and my family was as a black male going to prison. Like, that was something that, I, that I've seen and that I've known, you know, since I was a young kid. And my dad, again, my, when I was born, my dad was in prison. My uncle, some of my best uncles who taught me life skills that I know today, who spent a lot of time with me. They were in and out of jail, in and out of prison, on parole. And, you know, that's one that's one obstacle that I had to overcome. To me, it was a very significant one because I, I haven't been incarcerated. No no run-ins with the law. And that's true because that's a, that's a, a generational curse that I could break for my family and, and I, I know my dad and my parents and my mom they're so proud but that's something that's huge for me but also man, having an attitude like I, I grew up I'm not I'm not the tallest person but I grew up having to be a fighter you know you know just just you know especially when I came to Memphis I wasn't I wasn't used to the Memphis checking you know <laughs> and, and if, you, if you're not from Memphis if you're not from Memphis you know going to Memphis City School you know I always tell you my first day at Memphis City School I got into a fight first day I was uh, just, just, they was checking and I, I didn't know what to do. And we just got to fighting, you know. And so I've always been a fighter. Like, I know I can't check. And it's not my life. You would never see me in a checking contest. But I always had this attitude, this be against the world mentality uh, that really stemmed from me leaving Florida. I did not want to leave Florida, did not want to come to Memphis, didn't know anybody in Memphis. My parents didn't know anybody in Memphis. So I really, I really resented being in Memphis most of my upbringing. So I used to fight a lot just because I didn't want to be here. You know, I wanted to be with my cousins, with my grandparents, with people that I was familiar with. So I fought all the way from, I'll say, sixth grade to college, you know, and that was the biggest thing, just having that attitude. Man, I, I used to, I was that kid that when I was in class, I had my own section. Like the teacher would put, I, I remember one in seventh grade, my teacher, she used to put a curtain between me and the classroom. I had my own little special stuff. <laughs> oh, wow, I could not sit with the class. Yes. Attitude. Like, I had a, man, attitude, fighting coaches. 
you know, tell him I, it, it just started young. I remember I went to school when I was younger and told my told my teachers, yeah, my dad killed me, so here come kill, here come oh, the whole school up. You know, just and it's just just crazy, just crazy little stuff. How did you there. deal with that, Jeremy? How did you? Because I, you know what, I'm laughing, but it's so serious, right? It's so yeah. serious, and it's a lot of young people who have the same frustration, same anger, and and they're good people just like you are, but it can come out just yeah. like it did. How did you deal with that? Yeah, man. I, I, honestly, I had I, honestly I, I had to lose a lot. That was my lesson. Like, so I ended up going to college at the school called Bethel, but I knew I could do better. But my coaches, they they would never let me talk to to the coaches that came to the school. And they always said it was because of my attitude. But I also remember when I was in seventh grade, again, that was probably one of my toughest years, is playing football. My We we had a banquet. And my coaches, I scored every touchdown that year, so one. And my coaches didn't give me an award at our banquet. And I was I was mad, of course. I'm, I, I still remember to this day, Ridgeway Middle School. It was a Friday night. It was raining. And I wanted to man, slice my, te- my, my, my coach's tire, like, and they ain't going to be to leave here tonight because I feel like they did me wrong. But they told me that, you know, success is not just about what you do on the football field. It's about what you do in the classroom. And I heard them, but it didn't really register until I got to college. I got into it with my college football coaches. You know, I remember, like, I remember, and, and again, this is just to be transparent, I remember being in FCA. This is how crazy it was. I remember being in FCA at College in Bethel college and me and my me and my position coach we got into it because something that i did but he was enforcing the rules but i felt like he was doing me wrong and we're in the middle of fca on campus and i'm literally looking at him just like fist balled up mug on my face and i told him i said brian kill you bro stop playing with me because i feel like he was playing of course i'm i'm a young man i'm i'm not going to the nfl but in my mind i'm going to the nfl i'm in college you know, I'm, I'm playing football. I'm thinking the scouts, they weren't looking for me. You know, but at that time, I was so serious about it. Yeah. And I thought he was playing with my future. You know, and I told him, I said, bro, I can't. He's not playing with me. Because I was just that mad. But I had to realize just through constant me taking losses, even up getting kicked out of my parents. I got kicked out of you know, my parents' house three times, 12, 16, and 20. And I had to, I, and that's what brought me back to Memphis because I got kicked out. I didn't have nowhere to stay, you know, and... Just losing so much and realizing that, man, Jerry's attitude—if you don't—if you don't take control of it, it's gonna cost you more. And that's really when I had to kind of just, just kind of chill out a little bit and not try to get so mad at times. And, and that's really what helped me out. It. But it took me literally from sixth grade to my junior year in college is when I came back. That was my last football season when I had—I was forced to transfer back to Memphis. But yeah. Wow. I I'm never would have guessed that. You definitely got it in yeah. check before I met you because I, <laughs> I would have picked up yeah. on it. I'm like, I never would have guessed that. Well, let me ask yeah. you this next question. Next part of the So What Success Formula is eliminating excuses. And so, yeah, you had yeah. some obstacles you talked about for real. <laughs> and the next thing is, you yeah. know what? You got to get rid of some excuses in your life. Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think just accountability. Realizing that at the end of the day, it was Jeremy. And the, the one thing that I had to, uh, I had this always in my mentality. My dad always told me, Jeremy, you're a black man in America. Like, you don't get, we don't get handouts, you know. And I appreciate my dad for, for telling me that, you know. And that always put me in the mind frame that if something's going to happen, I have to make it happen. And it just really taught me initiative, but I, it, it also taught me ownership and accountability. So as I was hitting these brick walls, kept running into these brick walls, I had to realize, all right, Jeremy, you look, 
every situation that you're getting into, it, it can't be it can't be your middle school football coaches. It can't be your teachers <laughs> uh, in school. It can't be now your football coaches in college. You're the calm. It can't be your parents. I, mean, I got kicked out three times. It, it has you the common denominator in all these situations. I really just had to say, okay, that means on you. And I, for me, it was, I, I tell people I got to a point where it was, I, so I went from hungry to desperate. And I remember coming back to Memphis and I'm kicked out again. This July 4th, 2010. I'm kicked out. I know my dad told me, pack my bag. Hey, man, get your stuff. You got to go. So I'm sleeping in my car. I'm going to my, I, I ended up going to my cousin's house, but I was working at Buffalo, Buffalo Wild Wings on Winchester and Ash Cross. And then I remember I got let, I got let go early because of, because of labor was too high. So if you're not familiar with the restaurant industry, if customers aren't coming in at a, at a good pace, but you got too many employees on the clock, their labor is higher than what you're bringing in, so they got to cut somebody. And I remember getting cut. I had like a, a, a eight hour day, and I got cut like two hours into the shift. And I remember just sitting, you know, sitting on the on the on the sidewalk in the middle of Winchester Half Hour, which is a busy intersection, right uh, right next to FedEx headquarters, and just sitting. I was like, man, like I can't do this. Like if if I'm really gonna, I can't go home. I can't go back to college. I gotta make something happen here in Memphis. And that was the breaking point for me. And that's literally when I said, I, I, I'm not, I came up with the term, well, I'm not that blessed to miss out on any more opportunities. Because I had felt like I had wasted too many. And that's literally when I, I had to miss, I had to put my pride aside. God humbled me when I came to Memphis again. I was playing football on a scholarship. But when I came to Memphis, I worked in the cafeteria in the Tiger Den. One of my church members was the manager. She hired me, gave me a job, seven dollars an hour. And one of the first things they had to do was serve the football players. And it, for me, it was so humbling because yes. just a semester before, I was the one, you know, I was a football player. Now I'm the one serving. I remember serving Dontario Poe, uh, who 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 was a first-round draft pick from U of M. But I remember just serving him, serving the baseball team, you know, the basketball team and the Tiger Den. And it just humbled me. Like, your situation, you could be on the other side of the situation. That really gave me a, a, a different mentality to take that same aggression but be, you know, be – kind of just all gas, no break when it comes to opportunity because I, I got to create them now. And that's literally what, for me, what changed. And that's the young man that I met after I spoke to your class that night um, at the Satellite Campus. You follow me out to my, I never will forget that. That's been, I don't know, it's been yep. a lot of years ago, like maybe 15 years ago. And you follow me yep. out to say, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and that so I felt yeah. now I was like the hungry to desperate then that's I love I love it I love it and we don't all yeah. have to get to that breaking point but it's a beautiful thing yeah. when you if you do get to that low point where you can rebound just like you have that's been awesome well that takes me to the next yeah. question which is calculating choices so the next part of the formula is calculating choice you got to make some good choices so now you've gotten to that breaking point and you made some decisions tell me about that yeah but you know i think i think decisions started out you know like when i had a chance to meet you around that same time again having the mentality that i'm not that blessed to to like miss out on opportunities so i really had to make it in my mind that no matter what i have to take advantage of every opportunity you know, so if it was, it's easy to meet the teacher. How many students come to you and say, hey, they get your information and they never follow up, right? I had to, so I told myself, I'm not that blessed. I, I don't have a job right now. Uh, I don't, I, I was blessed enough to get an internship at MLGW, but again, that was me 
somebody doing the same thing, like not feel like I'm blessed enough to to miss out on any more opportunities. So instead of me learning through experience, I'm going to learn through somebody else's mistakes. And I really just begin to open up and just listen, 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 and take everybody's story and what they've done to figure out how I could apply it to my life. And that's that's literally helped me out. But that that calculated risk-taking is that, you know, it's very simple. And I tell my students this today. I remember being in I remember being in college and it's raining. I thought I'm not going to class today. It's raining. Stop to go up and go to class. If it got too hot, I'm not going to class. If it got too cold, I'm not going to class. I made up all these excuses. I had so many reasons why I would skip class. So I said, okay, now if I'm if I if I was that bold as a student to not to skip class, I'm going I'm going to eliminate all those excuses when it comes to doing what I have to do. If I had if I had to walk you out to your car to to make you remember Jeremy Calhoun, I'm gonna do that. You know, if I have to if I have to stay up all night and submit 85 interns 85 internship applications just to get five just to get five replies, I'm gonna do it. If I have to go above and beyond, I learned early that in Memphis I'm in the South. You know, being able to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Like, that takes me a long way. Being able to put some of the things I learned as a kid into play. That separated me. As a young black man, I had dreads, you know, and that was something that was I was always nervous about was, you know, that was a calculated risk. Like, hey, if I'm going to have dreads, I remember working at MLG and W, and so I always asked that, hey, when you go to corporate America, they're going to make you cut that stuff off your head, you know. But to me, I said, I really want to keep my dreads because this one of the things that tied me back to Florida. So it's real, it's, it's, mm. it's real personal for me. But I realized that, hey, if I'm going to have dreads, that that's an excuse that, a, that an employer or somebody could potentially use to not give me an opportunity. So I ha- the calculated risk that is that I had, to be just, I had to be just as sharp everywhere else so they can overlook the dreads. And that's literally what happened. You know, following up 24 to 48 hours, making sure that I'm constantly, you know, if they tell me to go to this meeting, go to this meeting. If I got class, they tell me to go to an internship opportunity, I'm going to let my teacher know, hey, I got to go to something like So just communicating and really putting all those things I learned to use. It, 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 was, it blew me away of how easy it is to stand out when you have all the tools. Like Say that again. Exactly Say that doing, one again. <laughs> That's good, just, too. Just how, just how easy it is to stand out when you – if someone wants to follow the so what game plan, the so what success plan, it's so it, you will be you will be amazed at how how easy success comes to you. And it's not because you're doing things. It's not because that well, when you certain actions is the principle. Well, my dad always told me when it's a principle, it demands a certain response. So when you do certain things, when you are following that so what success plan, there's gonna be some things that's gonna automatically come because that's how it. That's a, it's a principle of life. If you do good and you make sacrifices, then you don't look at the end game. You just do it to, to actually do it and to learn it, and you embrace the process. You will get to your destination sooner than you. I'm trying to figure out, I, when you intentionally trying to figure if I make this move, it's just going to get me there because you just want to get to the end goal. But if you embrace the process, embrace the journey, it's a game changer. And, and, and that's literally what, what has happened to me, and I'm blessed. Of course, it was God too. I got a mom, a praying dad, and I learned that I learned to have a relationship with God on my own. And if I could say this one other thing, somewhere, I remember, I remember I did the intern. I had like five internships in five semesters. So I was only in Memphis for five semesters because um, I graduated in the summer. So I was there fall, spring, fall, no spring, fall, 
spring, fall, summer, and I graduated in the summer of 2013. And I remember I had an internship at MLGW. I ended up getting another internship at Cummins, in the, at Cummins Diesel in Indiana in the headquarters. And I made the decision, calculated risk-taking, to leave. I already had my offer with International Paper. I already had my offer with MLGW. But I felt like Minton was a comfortable place. I had I knew how to network. I understood how to navigate corporate America as a black male as an intern. Be nice, be respectful. In Memphis, that's gonna take me a long way, right? Because they don't they may not see that on a day to day basis. But I said, let me go to another let me go to another state, a totally different geographical area. I went to Indiana and I, I gave up my my MLGW uh job declined my in, my international paper internship, which they wanted me to do the internship so I can get to me with before I, before I come to the full-time role, which I had already accepted. But I did that on, on a leap of faith. I said, God, if I'm really as good as I say I am or that people tell me I am, because by this time, people tell me how smart you are, how talented you are, or you got a bright future. So I'm like, God, if, I'm, if, 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 if this is everything that people are telling me, I need to go do it in a place where I have no help where it's just me and you. And I still had to pay my bills. I was still paying my bills at Mount Moriah, in the, uh, the trails at Mount Moriah. I left my car. I left all the comfort in Memphis to go to Indiana to stay in the sublet room. So that means I'm staying in a house with two other people, with two other women and an intern. I have no car. I have to take public transportation. The only transportation I had was a bike. And I didn't know anybody. And that was that was the calculated risk that got it Show me and help me prepare for life after college because, again, I'm going to be on the dance floor. And that was the, by far the best experience because it, 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 helped me, it helped me believe in Jeremy. Not the words that Summer told me or that my mom told me or that my dad told me, but this was a chance for me and God to really connect and it allowed me to have, have trust in Jeremy moving forward. And by far, I feel like that was, the, that was one of the biggest decisions that I could that I could have made and my whole thought process was if I do if I leave MLG and W on a good note, I can always go back. If I leave IP on a good note, I can always go back. But I'm also looking at this time I had a nonprofit. So now this I'm looking at how do we create open doors for other people. I know I'm gonna kill it because I understand the game now in the process of what's gonna make me stand out as a as a black male in my industry. I know some small things. But now we're okay. Can we open up the doors for other people, like my friend, my best friend, Alex, like any students that I'm working with? And that was the risk, and um, it worked out tremendously. I had I had students that just based off recommendations got full time offers at Cummins, International Paper, you know, MLG and W. I'm like, that's what it was all about. I took a, we took a risk, we maximized it. Not only did it work out for me, but it opened the door for others. And to me, that's the ultimate. That's, That's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome to, <coughs> to take that leap and make some steps and see what you can see for yourself and do for yourself, like you said, and with God's help. Um, yeah, you know, I got some stories in my life where I can certainly relate. I love hearing you share that. And um, and it's been a beautiful yeah. thing to see what you've been able to do for other students and, and paying it forward. Because life goes by fast, yeah. doesn't it? So now you, now you yeah. are you probably the age I was when I met you and you did come out to my yeah. car and now you being able to yeah. soak into other, other young people. It's a, it's awesome. It is awesome. Okay. Absolutely. Here's my next question. And you kind of talked about it, but how do you define success? Yeah. What does success mean to you? 
Um, and I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know what I would define as success, but I think, but I guess if I if I had to put something around success, I would say, be setting out to do something and actually doing it, regardless of the obstacles and 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 getting the job done. Like I think, if you can create a habit and create some patterns of. Say you're going to do something and do it despite the obstacles, I think you'll be a healthy habit that will take you further on in life. So I would say success to start is having success in those small areas first and developing those habits and traits that then you can take on bigger things. So Absolutely. That's, that's probably what I would decide that, define as success. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, one last thing. You've been dropping yep. some nuggets. I mean, it's been some good stuff that you've been saying for sure. Last thing, though, is what advice would you give to someone who wants to be successful, whether it's a student, an adult, young professional, or somebody who's well into their career, but they want to be more <coughs> successful and they may have some challenges? What advice would you give? Yeah. Uh, yeah, first I would say uh, get a relationship with God. You know, I think that for me, that's been my that's been my secret sauce. You know, having a relationship with God and really let my faith in. Excuse me. One of the things that one of the the companies that I own is called Win on Purpose, and I believe that when you operate in God, it's one thing to win on purpose, meaning intentionally, but it's one thing to win on purpose when you operate in your purpose. Like to me, that's the ultimate thing. So make sure you get a relationship with God to understand and know what your purpose is. Um, the next thing I know is be real with yourself. A lot of times we try, like, you know, we live in a glorified social media world, but I'm very transparent about Jeremy's shortfalls. There are some things that I know for a fact, like, I'm not good at, or that I have, and I have to, I always look at the opportunities to better myself, right? You know, so I think I always have some form of self-awareness, you know, and have people who will tell you the truth. So God so the first one is God. Second thing here, self, good self-awareness to have a group in the community around you who will tell you the truth. And the third thing is find somebody that you can, that you find somebody that you can admire um, that can, that can show you what it looks like. Cause I know for me, you know, all, they, they all say, thank you till you make it, you know, and that's one of the, that's one of the, to me, the best route you can do it. If you see somebody doing something and it's successful, take components of that and, again, it's a principle. Some things that people do when you look at entrepreneurs, you know, if you do these things, success is going to follow. Um, and then the, the the thing that helped me, I, I, the last thing that I would say is, and I, I did this more so in college uh, when, I, when I was really on the grind and pushing, but one of my biggest things was creating atmosphere for success in your life, right? You got to create, you can't wait for the atmosphere to be right to, to take hold of. You got to create it yourself. So for me, I love music. Again, I'm a Florida boy. I love music. I'm a big Plies fan. Everybody know, my mama know, my dad. Everybody know that if my number one, my favorite artist in the world is Plies. So I used to wake up every morning and I throw my favorite song on that made, that got me hyped. And it automatically, it's, it's almost like if you go to the club, if you if, if you if you hear if you hear that it's time to take off the nine nine in the two thousand, it's a certain atmosphere energy that's gonna come when you hear that beat, 
And for me, every single morning, I had to create an atmosphere for success for me. And you got to figure out what it is. It could be walking. It could be listening to music. It could be yoga. It could be meditating. It could be praying. But I did what got what gave me the energy I needed and the strength that I needed every single day to, to get my best self. And and that's what I would tell you all to do. That's awesome, Jeremy. That is awesome. That is awesome. So you said so many good things and so many um, powerful things that I practice in my life, too. Um, many, many yeah. of those things. So I know people watching this will um, take away a whole lot from that. And, and I do believe that some lives will be changed. Just like yeah. you do with STS, uh, from some simple words, just because a lot of those things that you talked about are the things that people struggle with that we struggle with and we need to move forward and, and be um, get past it. I love your vulnerability because you know me too. I'll gladly tell you where I got it wrong, <laughs> where I messed up. I told you the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Just where I'm like, no, I don't have it all figured out. No, I'm not perfect. I have not done it all right. And I don't want anybody to ever think that. And I, and I can appreciate yeah. you sharing that too and, um, and helping people see it's another side of this. So if you mad, if you angry, if yeah. you're cutting up, if you're not doing, you know, what you need to do in school, it's in school, whether that's middle school, high school, college, or if you're not even in school, but if your attitude is not right, you can turn that thing around and you can change your whole life and ultimately change a whole lot of other people's lives too. Can I, can I share two, can I share two things real quick? Absolutely. You I, so I just want to, again, I want to go back to when we first met guys, you know, um, the work that Summer's doing is amazing. You know, she's helping people to embrace their situation, to eliminate excuses, to reach the goals that they have in their lives. Because obstacles and things, life is going to happen. But I remember us sitting down in McAllister Deli. Again, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit on uh, yesterday or the night before. Um, I remember us sitting down there in McAllister Deli and we asked you a question. And we tried to start a mentoring program. What would you advise us to do? And you told us, you said, I think you should do an all-male mentoring program. And we were like, all-males? Like, yeah. Like, because this is something that's not out there. And that literally was the thing that gave us the traction, you know, to, like, we even, starting with males made us different, made us a little more attractive, and made people figure out, hey, this group is, is working with a group that we, that, the, that publicly are just people feel like needed more resources. And we use that as a foundation to build to eventually have a women's program, to eventually have a collegiate program. But I said I have to say this is that listen to when you listen to people who who have done it before you. At that time you had you had already became an entrepreneur. You know, you had already did the corporate thing and you had transitioned out of FedEx, you know, and you are you were getting ready to transition out of FedEx. Right. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Uh but you were but you were given you were giving us all these nuggets that you wish somebody would have told you. And I just want to encourage people to listen. You know, most people don't listen. You give them, you give them people advice, you give them nuggets, and you don't take it for gold. You can go into a classroom today, Summer, and tell them, hey, the person, you can call me for anything. I'm giving you my number, and no one will ever call. I know. I know. <laughs> they would never call. And then you see them again, they're like, oh, I was going to call. You know you weren't. <laughs> Right, and, and I think I just want to encourage people to listen. When you got people that's important to you, trust them enough to to put them at their word, you know. And somehow, I just I always want to say thank you for really investing to Alton and myself um, from that day, and it really gave us 
the push and the focus that we needed. Because we were going to go a whole different direction. But it really gave us the focus we needed to say, hey, God, this is what we're going to do. And it wasn't said that we couldn't have a college program later, but it gave us a direct focus at that moment. Um, and then the last two things, the faith without works is dead. So no matter, I don't care how big your faith is, you don't put no work in, it's not going to happen, right? So faith without works is dead and give back. If somebody, if some young person who needs, it, it's some summer owing right now in Memphis, Tennessee, that needs to needs to hear someone's summer story to know that she can become, you know, the future summer, you know, someone that you are today. So please give back to your community because if somebody, it's a younger version of yourself who needs to see the older version of you. So um, those are the, the things awesome. I just wanted to that share. That is awesome, and I want to. I gotta. I gotta put it back on you though. For real, because not only so first of all, you y'all reached out to me to have that meeting. So you took initiative. That was number yeah. one. You took that initiative. And then when you showed up for the meeting, y'all were dressed better than me. I was coming from my <laughs> corporate job. <laughs> I was coming from a corporate job on my lunch break. And each one of you were dressed better than me. Suit and tie. I couldn't yeah. do anything but take you seriously, very seriously. Yeah. And I saw your heart and I saw your passion. And um, and I'm a mother of a son, and um, and he was younger than you all at that time, and we're still younger yeah. than you, but he was a young man at that time. I saw the need, I saw the need in the community that, that y'all maybe couldn't see. Just like when I was a young teen mom or even a college student, I couldn't even see the need for teen moms to see what I was doing. So I was yeah. able to be on the other side of that and be able to show you guys that, but it was you, it was only because you all were serious that yeah. I was able to be like, okay, this is what you need to do. And I will help you do anything. And I'm still committed to helping you do anything that I can do to help you be successful. Just super proud. Yeah. So thank you for that, Jeremy. You you just said um, yeah. um a whole whole lot in a little bit of time. You just changed some lives. Yeah. I, <laughs> I thank you so much. You have a great one. You too. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye.